Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here as always with my friend, my colleague, my co-host, Ross, no middle name, Ferguson. How are you, brother? I'm just loving that you don't have a middle name. <laughs> so are you going to tell everyone what the C is for in your middle name? No, I want them to guess. Okay. I need a little bit of mystery there. I'm going to play that a little coy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can I not convince you? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Hey, we've got some reviews. We we have been having quite a few reviews. I I'm know. glad about this. My guilt trip worked in getting people to give reviews. This comes from B.A. Wakefield. Five stars. Just a spoonful of wit and wisdom is the title. I came for the wisdom I assumed for the church would offer and was surprised by the spoonful of laugh-out-loud wit that helps the wisdom go down. Jared's boy-next-door charm, I love it, and Ross's no-nonsense commentary, keep me coming back for more. One request from a female listener, bring Becky back and invite Mrs. Ferguson to the party. This review was collected under the weight of an excessive guilt campaign conducted by Jared. <laughs> so I guess I twisted Ms. Wakefield's arm hard enough. What do you think about this? Your Jared's boy next door charm and Ross's no nonsense wisdom. What I do mean, you think about that. Personally, I think they've got us down perfectly. But take it. Yeah, the no nonsense part. If anyone knows me, they know. I'm a no-nonsense type guy. So. I mean, it kind of reads like you're grouchy. Is that what that means? No, it no, just no, means no. you're no-nonsense. It, it means I'm just straight shooter. Shoot. I'm going to tell you exactly what I see and what I hear. Okay. Well, I don't know. I've known a lot of boys next door. They don't seem very charming, but <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm gonna take it as a great as the compliment. It's intended as a compliment. I have the charm of the boy next door. Now, the question is... I'd rather the charm of, like, Cary Grant or, <laughs> you know, Brad Pitt or something, but I guess not going to the charm of the boy next door. <laughs> That's, That's not going to happen. The question is, do we have an episode at some point with both of our wives on at the same time? Oh, that might be fun, actually. Yeah. Maybe we could... My wife yeah. would hate that, just so oh, you she know. Would? Okay. <laughs> well, then we'd have to add a microphone in here. We could share microphones, I guess. All right. This comes from Mike123456789090 blah, which is <laughs> very creative. Why didn't you just submit Mike? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's from Mike, who has titled his review, A Polite Review. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's trying to tell us right off the bat, just so you know, I'm being polite here. Five stars. He says, more podcasts like this one are needed. It's a podcast that tries to help Christ followers put Jesus first in every part of their lives. Worth a listen. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Dear Mr. Wilson, I do not normally use the Apple Podcast app to listen to all my favorite podcasts. Spotify and the Pocket Casts phone apps are the two I use daily. Could many of your loyal listeners not be using the Apple Podcast app? Maybe this is why your written reviews are low. Just trying to help. Mike, thanks so much. I think that probably explains why we don't get as many reviews and why it just feels like I'm screaming into the wind with my boy (laughs) next door charm and my no-nonsense wisdom. That uh, people are like, I don't have the outlet. I don't have Apple Podcasts. That's why yeah. we're not getting these reviews. So I appreciate the insight, Mike. Thank you very much. And now we're going to read from R. Dawson 28. And I think I know who this is. I think I just met this brother in the panhandle at a speaking engagement. Could be wrong, but I, I think that's who this is. Where's the beef? R. Dawson <laughs> says. <laughs> he missed Jared's beef, I think. Five stars. I'm just writing this review so that Jared won't be mad anymore. 
You really made an impression. I know. I need to apologize, I guess. He says, but in all honesty, this is one of my most listened to podcasts. It is full of refreshing, light, fun, and serious conversations, all coming from a heart for people and years of ministry experience. A highly recommended podcast. Well, that's great. Love these reviews. Mm. Are you enjoying that we've got a new spate of reviews? I, I like the fact that people are positive about it. It's good to hear that this is worth getting up seven in the morning to come and record podcasts in a really yeah. hot, sweltery room. No, it's not sweltery. Come on. That, but, that, but that's a great yeah. attitude. Yeah. The people love it. You the do. podcast. So I think we'll keep going. And I love the polite review. I love we've got polite people. <laughs> That's right. Well, we don't want an impolite In review. contrast to Jared's madness and beefs, yeah. we've got polite reviews. All right. <laughs> so the review's read. We're going to go ahead and get started, <laughs> which is my first pet peeve yeah. for Bible teachers. Yeah. So you had the idea, or someone sent to you the yeah. idea, this is somewhat of an informal series. We've yeah. done preacher pet peeves. We've done worship leader pet peeves, and then somebody said youth, to you... We've done youth pastor pet peeves. Oh, we peeves, did youth pastor. Oh, and yeah. And someone asked me, can we do more pet peeves specifically... Yeah. so they like the beefs. ...Sunday school teachers. Sunday and, school teachers. And just to give a context, because British listeners wouldn't know what this means, Sunday school teachers, we are not talking about kids' ministry. In, okay. in the U.S., there is adult Sunday school, yeah. which is like a teaching hour, usually before or after yes. your service. But we're looking at kind of Sunday school teachers as Bible teachers. So think small... Group leaders, Small group leaders, think yeah. house group leaders, think like hour-long... Discipleship um, training stuff. Yeah, yeah, midweek Bible teachers. So when you hear Sunday school teachers, those are in the UK, don't think kids ministry, think yeah. adult teachers. Well, and that's why... So I'm titling the episode Bible Teacher Pet yeah. Peeves to sort of encompass... I mean, at our church, we have Sunday school, but we it's called equipping, equipping groups. Group. We don't call it Sunday school. So it's that sort of thing, basically adult Bible teaching outside of the Sunday morning service, right? But so, people like the pet peeves that we come up I with. I know they like it when we complain. I guess it's our no it's your no nonsense wisdom. <laughs> and I have things. a lot of pet peeves. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Right. <laughs> so I laughingly this isn't really a pet peeve. I just thought I would start with kind of a joke, but it's such a cliche that every teacher starts with, we're gonna go ahead and get started. And so I laugh this last Sunday, I was sitting in an equipping group, and our boy, Caden Klassen, mm-hmm. one of the ministry residents, a friend of ours, he was teaching the class. And I just sat there knowing who it did. It, it, it wouldn't have to be him. It could be anybody. This is the first thing anyone says is, we're going to go ahead and get started. And he said it. I started laughing, and I pointed at him. And I don't think he knew what I was doing, but I just knew he was going to say it, and he said it. This is what every you know youth group leader says, and, or you know Bible teacher or small group leader says. This isn't a pet peeve so much as me just putting, you know, putting a word out there to say, watch cliched language, maybe. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yep. Just be, yeah, be aware of the sort of crutches and mm-hmm. things that we sort of lean on, maybe. I don't know. What's your first real pet peeve? Oh, my big one is underprepared. That's my first one, yeah, being unprepared. I just, okay. I, I, I can't <laughs> stand when someone has been given half an hour to teach, to engage, to bring conversation, and has no clue what they're going to say. Yeah. Like, underprepared in how you're going to teach and how you're going to run the hour, how what questions might be asked. Like, if you're going to teach, you need to be prepared for people to ask questions. Underprepared is just sloppy, lazy work. So being unprepared—that's my number one. I think you said it all. Yeah, I'm—I just annoys me. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially these sorts of teaching sessions are usually longer than sermons. Yes. In fact, I sometimes laugh with the elders that like there's guys that we won't put in the pulpit. <laughs> 
but we give them an hour and ten minutes on Sunday morning <laughs> to stand up in front of people and answer questions. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like, I have something maybe off there. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we could spot a guy thirty-five minutes or so. You know, but we're like, no, you're not ready for the pulpit. We'll Instead, give you an hour and ten minutes. We're gonna give you an hour and ten minutes, and you're gonna you have to be prepared for people yeah. to ask questions. And yeah, so be prepared. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? Do a last minute sort of thing. And let me just give a shout out because there are so many Bible teachers, Sunday school teachers, et cetera, who, you know, they're you know they work real jobs. This is not, they're not paid to do this. They're volunteers by and large. I mean, ninety nine percent of the people who do this are volunteers. They're giving up a Saturday afternoon or they're giving up their le- some late nights because they want to be prepared. And the kind of the unsung heroes, I think, yeah. of the church ministry world, week in, week out, they're providing teaching and mm. biblical guidance, and they're doing it without a paycheck, yep. very often without a thank you, without you know a pat on the back. So we just want to say, man, we see you. We're so thankful for you. And for those of you who are slacking off, man, take a lesson from your colleagues yep. who, you know, without accolades, put the time in to serve God's people well. On the other hand, so be prepared. My second beef is a long lecture without any discussion, without any asking of questions to the teacher, without the teacher asking any questions. I know this is a personal thing. That's what a pet peeve is, but I, I, I cannot I did a lecture I, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I just I, – I, to me, like an hour – listening yeah. to someone for an hour and ten minutes – it it gets really difficult, yeah. especially this kind of thing. It's not a sermon per se. Yeah. You know, break it up. Ask some discussion questions, especially when the service hour is not a dialogue, or at least yeah. the sermon. I you know I think the the ideal sermon is mo- is monological. I suppose mm-hmm. it's a monologue proclamation. When you've got people in the teaching hour or a small group or whatever it is, yeah. Make it as collaborative as you can with guidance, and and I'll you know say something more about that shortly. But yeah, give people the opportunity to share, mm-hmm. to testify, to ask questions. I, I just think the long lecture type is really taxing. Yeah, I actually did a long lecture, and I said to the room, "This will feel like a lecture. Apologize about it. There's a lot of material to go through." And then at the end of it, I was like, "I'm never doing that again," because <laughs> 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 you could just tell people glazing over. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to speak a little bit onto that. And my okay. pet peeve, you said about discussion. Here's my next pet peeve: you can't answer the question. Or you are defensive in your answer to Ooh, the question. Yeah, okay. I really struggle with that. So one, this fear of saying, I don't know. Yeah. Say, I don't know if you don't know the answer to the question. Or does anybody else want to feed into the answer? Because I'm not sure. Right. The fear of thinking you're going to be embarrassed by saying, I don't know, means you just half-heartedly give this nonsense answer that actually makes the situation worse. Right. Or somebody asks a question or states something, and then you come to a defense to say why what you said was right and why they might be wrong. So just this kind of closed nature to mm. discussion and yeah. to that you might be wrong. And I've been in a couple of situations like this where guys have said, you know, I don't think you're right and here's why. That's not the time to do it, and that's not how you do it. Yeah. Discussion is a backwards and forwards. Oh, where did you get that? Okay, well, I'm getting this from here. Can I suggest you read this or think about that? Or even, I don't know, I think I'll have to do more study. Let's chat offline and we'll see what we can do about that type thing. But yeah, unprepared in 
the Q&A time yeah. leads to this kind of fear and just frustration with people. And that actually gets on my way to the point where I want to ask a question just so that they'll say, <laughs> make them I don't know. Because you, as a pastor, you got to learn. As a yeah. Bible teacher, you got to learn that the, the scriptures have the answers. I don't. And I'm sorry, I don't quite have the answer for that yet. Let me work on that. If yeah. you can't say that, you're not humble enough to teach. Yeah. Yeah. So an- another pat on the back to our, our friend Caden this last Sunday, one of the, you know, those sitting in the class asked a question about a text that we were looking at in Isaiah. And I'm forgetting what chapter it is, but it's basically for, you know, a picture of the new heavens and new earth. Hmm. And it was basically like, it, it mentioned someone dying, but at an old age. So, like, you will, you know, you'll die at an old age or whatever. And, the, you know, person basically was saying, so people will die in the new heavens and the earth? <laughs> and Caden looked down at the text, and he looked up, and he goes, I don't know the answer yep. to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really proud of yeah, him. So he absolutely. probably felt embarrassed. May, I mean, no. I, well, I don't know. I don't want to assume how he felt. But I'm, it's not always yeah. easy to say, I don't know, yeah. especially when you're the Bible teacher yeah. and someone's asking a question. It was a thing that, you know, that he hadn't accounted for in his presentation of the text. And so he just said, I don't know the yeah. answer to that. And, yeah, and, and while he might have felt embarrassed or, you know, he, or just displeased that he wouldn't have an answer for a very good question – I, I sat there going, well done. Yeah, that I agree. Said. I don't know. I'll look into that. I'll yeah. get back to you. And it, it opened up actually good conversation. Mm-hmm. It was maybe the first time we actually had some discussion in the class because others were offering, well, well maybe this, this or yep. maybe that or maybe this is the perspective or maybe that maybe we were supposed to read it poetically mm-hmm. and not literally. You know, there were you know, different viewpoints. Now, that can get a little sketchy mm-hmm. too sometimes. When you just have, you know, every view is as valid as the next one, so, you know, kind of approach. But it did foster some good conversation, and I just was, you know, proud of him for yeah. actually saying – because I have heard those two, those guys who, like, I can't say I don't know, and it, they slip into some kind of performative, I'm trying to impress you with yeah. my sleight of hand yeah. <laughs> sort of things. And some people may actually be impressed by that, but the rest of us are going, you don't even know what you're talking about. The rest of us are and going – And you're making it worse. <laughs> you haven't answered the question. <laughs> right. yeah. But what you're doing is actually worse than if you had just said, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Okay. So somewhat related to the idea of people just, you know, pitching in with all of their questions and viewpoints, one of my pet peeves is – and this is especially like small group leaders – not shepherding conversations Uh well. And this isn't just, you know, when someone, you know, shares something that's heretical or borderline heretical, being able to gently and pastorally, Mm -hmm. you know, refute that. But also just noticing who's super quiet, who's super dominant. How do you draw out quiet people without embarrassing them or putting them on the spot? Is there a way to get people who never speak to speak without feeling embarrassed? Is there a way to let those who, I don't know, hog the conversation or dominate, is there a way to sort of get them to be more restrained without being mean mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, coming down on them? Just someone who's able to in some way pastor. Yeah. Read the room. The room, yeah. Just read the, the room. Situation. Yeah. One of the things on that, I had somebody, I've seen somebody do this really badly where they just went, hey, you've been quiet. Share something. <laughs> no, I think not. I did that at our less residence meeting. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you did. You haven't spoken. You haven't spoken. <laughs> Speak up. But come on, those are no, aspiring pastors. It's yeah. true. If someone is quiet, you know, you should be saying, hey, w- what about your context? Is there something different to say? Yeah. yeah, read the room is a key thing to me. Okay, 
Next one, and this is a long-term pet peeve. I've held oh, up wow, to this for okay. a while. Regurgitating commentaries. So mm. when you are specifically in like house groups, small groups, that type of setting, I have very little interest as to what the leading commentary says on it. I want to hear about what you have studied, what's touched your heart, what's touching our hearts. So this particular setting I was thinking of, it was David Pawson that the individual was using. And you would ask a question and someone would answer something and then you would hear, well, David Pawson would say, and then ask yeah. a question, some people would say, well, David Pawson would say, and this yeah. would go on for weeks. <laughs> and all I'm going to say is, it's good to look at a commentary to confirm whether you're going the right direction or the wrong direction, or to get some just inside knowledge. But you don't quote the guy every single question. Yeah. And more than that, don't use the same guy, the same guy yeah. all the time. So this is a pet peeve of mine. If you've got an hour, if you've got half an hour, don't fill it with things that people can just go and pick up a book and read tell them how it has actually impacted your life mm. and how it can impact their lives don't just be saying hey don carson says this david Pawson says this yeah you know tell people this is what i think it should say and to be honest i wasn't sure so i double checked with a commentary and yeah it was kind of going this direction but yeah big pet peeve of mine of just regurgitating other people's work yeah so my last pet peeve is somewhat... Your last of, one. I know, it's my last oh, one. Oh, I've got you quite know, a few. Got a top ten list. <laughs> Circling back to what you were saying about reading the room, I've written down not remembering who's in the room. Uh-huh. So certainly this applies to that trying to impress, trying to sound a certain way. And, you know, we're in kind of the... We're not kind of. We're in the seminary mm-hmm. sphere, the seminary bubble. So our church draws from seminary community. And sometimes you'll have the guys who are trying to do seminary stuff in the equipping group space, and they're using big theological words. Mm. And you want to remind these guys, like, okay, this isn't a seminary. Mm. This is a church. And yes, there are some seminary people here, but there are also quite a few non-seminary people here. And even the seminary people don't always understand all this jargon. You you need to be able to explain terminology. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you can't use theological shorthand. It doesn't mean you can't use the big words. But explain what it means yep. and take the time to kind of hold people's hand in a way to – yeah, you want us to stretch. I, you know, I don't think you need to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. But don't put them yeah. so high out of reach that you know, we can't get to them. I also think just watching the Christianese mm-hmm. – I mean, you know, this happens not just in seminary, but we just – we're so used to the inside jargon of the church world that we use Christianese or churchies, you know, kind of language, and we forget that there are new believers, yeah. maybe even, you know, unbelievers that are in the room, those who didn't grow up in church. So, you know, one example I can think of that I use all the time as sort of an illustration about this is we're sitting in a Sunday school hour. This is at my previous church. And there was a fellow who used the phrase in, as part of his answer to a question, something about being a good Berean. We just need to be good Bereans. <laughs> and, you know, probably two-thirds, if not more, of the room kind of nodded their heads because they all knew what that meant. Yeah. But I could see there were one or two faces. They had no clue what mm-hmm. being a Berean meant or being a good Berean. And they weren't going to raise their hand and go, I don't know what that means. Yeah. So I just calmly asked the fellow who, who used that answer. I said, you know, brother, could you explain what a Berean is for those who don't know? And he was like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't put off by that. Yeah. Or And he explained that the Bereans are those who tested everything Paul said against mm-hmm. the Scriptures. And so the idea is that we want to test things against the Bible mm-hmm. so that, what you know, we don't accept teaching that's outside of the Bible, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, now I understand what it means to be a Berean. I may not understand, of course, the whole context culturally or what have you, but I understand what he meant mm-hmm. 
by be a good Berean. Sometimes we use that kind of language yeah. because we're in the church, and you know, to some extent, insider language is unavoidable in any culture, mm-hmm. any community. But we want to do our best to understand yeah. that some people feel alienated. Yeah when you use insider language because they didn't grow up as an insider or they're new to the inside. So easily resolved. And it's in preaching or in Bible sessions. I mean, recently I chided a couple of guys and said, hey, you use righteousness several times in your sermon, in your talk. You never once said what that means. Hmm. Do you know, just even just, you know, righteousness. What we mean by that is right living before God. Now that's what we're talking about. They also use words like piety. You know, things like these, they're not normal everyday language. Just throw in, like, literally a sentence to explain what you're saying, and you've pulled in the whole room. And, I mean, that's a good word for preachers as well, Mm -hmm. not just for Bible, you know, teachers, but those who from the pulpit. Remember, there's going to be unbelievers in that space, you know, very often, uh, unless you just know every single person Mm. in that room, and you know for a fact they've been a Christian for a long time, Mm. you're going to be preaching to unbelievers or to seekers, and Mm -hmm. you want to not alienate them, you know, to the extent that you're able to remember this. Okay, so I'm done with my list. Apparently I got a few more. Got, you got uh, a few more pet peeves. I always have a few more pet peeves. <laughs> I'll be quick on that. Ross got the beef. <laughs> so being different for the sake of it, and it goes like this. So, folks, today we're going to be a little bit different. We're going to do this. Stop being different for the sake of it. What, what, do, what you know? do you mean? Uh, this is really specific. Yeah. Let's all sit in a circle this week rather than in rows. Let's be different this week. And we're not going to use PowerPoint. Instead, we're going to sketch it out on our books together. You know, just different this for the sake of it. This is kind of nitpicky, man. No. I'm going to be honest. No, about stop being different for being different. If you're doing okay. a Bible teaching hour, then teach the Bible for an hour. Okay. If you're going to do discussion-based, then be discussion-based. I remember one thing is like, uh, instead of putting paper on your table, what we've done is we've put you can write over the tablecloths so just write your notes on the tablecloths we're doing a little bit different this yeah, week okay stop being a little bit different this week just be confident in teaching the word of god and get on with it so, interesting and then that comes on to my another point is yeah. not teaching the bible giving opinions oh okay. so this is yeah. a big pet I, this peeve is a big one. stop giving opinions just say this is what the word of god says and let's take a simple read of it okay now let's go under the skin of it a little bit and see more we, we want to hear more of Scripture and less of the speaker. And I think that's a key thing. I, I'm actually going to mention this on this coming Sunday. I'm going to be speaking on something. And this coming Sunday, I'm going to use Alistair Begg as an example. Alistair Begg very clearly states, I'm not interested in what you have to say. I'm interested in saying, hearing what Christ has to say before, through his word. Yeah. So teach the Bible, which comes on to another pet peeve. Okay, all right. We're just rolling now. Material. I just okay. struggle with material and questions of material. So this actually comes from a piece of advice I, I got from one of the leaders of the FIEC in the UK, uh, the Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches, Johnny Prime. He said, just open your Bible and teach the Bible. You don't need material. You don't need books that have questions in them. Just open up, write your own questions. <laughs> Here's why. Here's why. Okay. So we're in I, the... I don't, I'm not sure I agree with this oh, one, but go ahead. Go. Okay. Uh, we're in the letter of Philippians. I'm going to let you cook. Yeah, we're in the letter of Philippians. We're going to work through it together. Yeah. Okay, verse 1. Paul, an apostle, Paul, a servant with Timothy. Okay, let's go to our material. First question, who wrote the letter of Philippians? <laughs> well, we all know it's Paul. It says it in the verse. I can't So it's just material. Shallow. Shallow questions. Okay, all right. Bible study kind but of But you're materials. not opposed to curriculum of, any, of some kind? As long as the questions are actually meaningful. Okay. But most stuff isn't. It's like, let's yeah. do this book on the first 20 chapters of Exodus. Yeah. First question, who's the author? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like second question. Se- yeah. <laughs> second question: What does the Exodus reflect in your life? Mm. 
and when when Christ removed me from sin and took me into his arms okay third question you know it's just that sort of stuff annoys me yeah. it's just material that's being produced to try and help people have conversation here's a better way of doing it open your Bibles talk about the verses ask questions that come to your mind okay. nice and simple yeah okay. some people need those train tracks of curriculum that, that they're not that comes back to being underprepared okay all right. But in your preparation, <laughs> wouldn't you be creating a kind of material? Yeah, but you do. That's the thing is, like, I was... <laughs> so it's not any material. You're no, just it's, like... I'm saying so shallow, rubbish material you oh, get off okay. a shelf. That's, I mean, okay. here's an example. I was leading our community group this week. Bobby preached on Sunday. As he was preaching, I knew that I was leading this group, so I was writing questions in the margin. I read over my notes. I read over the verses. I went to my community group. I asked the questions. Yeah. At no point did I need to go to a material off the shelf to get those questions because I prepared. Okay. Okay, one last okay, one. Okay, you're super prepared for this. I'm <laughs> yes. telling you. You still last got your one. notebook open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this last one, be aware of time. Mm. And so this is specifically for like our equipping group hour, the Sunday school uh, time. Yeah. So my wife is always very conscious of this. We have to go and collect our kids at the end of that hour. It's really embarrassing to step up through a prayer or through your last final point that you're trying to rush through and go and have somebody step up and go and get their kids. If you have to collect kids at 11 a.m., you finish at 10.55. If you have another event starting, you finish 10 minutes before. Our community group have a hard and fast rule. It's mainly families, and we're in a family's home yeah. as well. We have a hard and fast rule. We will finish at 8 o'clock. And usually my wife and I and family, we're out by 8.05. And that's yeah. so that we can give the families back their homes and get their kids into to bed at time. And if you're a guy that's rushing through last questions at eight oh, you know, 7.59, look, yeah. we just got a couple more questions, let's go through it. No, yeah. you again, underprepared, bad management. <laughs> just be aware of the time, mm. read the room, know where people might, meet, might need to go. Specifically also something I learned, be aware of older church members. And I don't mean this in a weird, quirky way, but a lot of older church members over the years do need to go and use the facilities after a yeah. little while. Yeah. Don't make them embarrassed about that. Right. Finish on time. Allow them to be able to use the facilities. Okay, That's I'm going to stop there before I rattle on. Yeah, I mean, be mindful of time. We've got another episode to record, <laughs> and we I've got a heart out. So we'll wrap this episode up, okay. unless you want to keep going. I mean, I'll keep going offline. Okay, <laughs> You can do your top 10 list of pet peeves on Twitter. Dear listener, if you enjoy this episode, I don't know why you would because we just complain <laughs> the whole time, but some of you, you know, crazy people like that, I guess. Mm. So if you enjoy it, give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson. Managing Editor of For the Church, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.